Hi, friends. Welcome to the Faithful Podcast, stories of people who walked by faith and gained a fuller understanding of the faithfulness of God. I'm your host, Stephanie Baker. This is part two of my interview with Ryan and Ashley Ayers. This was my first interview with a couple, and it was so great to hear their different perspectives on the experiences of their first two years of marriage. We talk about how suffering brought them closer as a couple and closer to the Lord. Also, at the time the interview was recorded, Ashley was extremely pregnant with their daughter, so please pray for them in the journey that lies ahead. So here is part two of my interview with Ryan and Ashley Ayers. Good. Yeah. Um, so in this in this time, in the difficult time um, in Lubbock, and then I guess in the time um, after that, moving back to Houston, where did you find support and encouragement? Uh, both of our families were actually so encouraging to us, just like confirming uh, or affirming us in just how we listen to the Lord mm-hmm. and also just supporting us financially <laughs> which they did not have to do. And they could have said, y'all are stupid. What are you doing? But they all were just like, you know what? We've been through similar seasons and we're proud of y'all for listening to the Lord mm-hmm. and we're here to support you. So that was really neat to see that. That's cool. Yeah. And the, the daily, daily, like hourly sustenance from the Lord as well, as we mentioned earlier, um, we had those, just reminders of I'm going to take care of you. You know, I have this promise that I'll take care of you and I will. Yeah. Um, And one of the really tough things was um, we, because of not really connecting with anyone, I mean, we were still kind of going through a church search in Lubbock as well. Um, So we, we weren't really plugged in. Um, we we were having trouble finding encouragement in like community. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was really more the people that would reach out from um, back here or back in other in other cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a little daily encouragements that kind of kept us going. Mm, that's really good. Um, and you guys have already mentioned some of the ways that this uh, transformed you. Um, with, um, you know, learning to, uh, depend on God for those little day-to-day kind of things. Um, any, any other ways that maybe he's transformed you through this process? Yeah, well, we were, we were really able to, um, lean on each other and lean on the Lord more than ever before. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really the, the only option almost, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, it was, it's a really good option. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it just, you know, grew, I think our respect for each other um, to new levels and seeing how far Ash will go in her support of me and um, just being able to go through the fire and come out. I mean, it's just like the analogy of, you know, fire is transformative. So when you go through, when you go through it, you're going to be purified and you're going to be, um, you're going to burn some things away that, uh, you know, you don't need. 
Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking about kind of putting myself into um, your situation, um, and maybe I'm I'm wrong in this, but I feel like with both of you, you were in a pretty helpless state where you're like your identity was kind of on the line. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you you yeah. you both. Have, I mean, Ashley, you're you're bubbly. You're the you know the life of the party kind of personality, and you're stuck in bed. You can't <laughs> be who you are. Um, at least for part of it. And, and you're, you're fearful, which I don't get that vibe from you in general, um, as a, as being a very fearful person. Um, and Ryan, you're, you're, you're wanting to provide for your, your bride and to take care of your, your, um, this family that you've been, you know, you've, you're now a part of, and, you know, you're, you're having to, to scrape by when you had a job before where you were making good money. And, um, so, I think that I mean all, all of I mean I don't I can't speak for everybody but most people have been through some of those moments in their lives where they're they're like and a lot of times it really would catch you off guard um, when mm-hmm. I when I lost a job I did not realize how much of my identity was wrapped up in that and I wept over it I mean like on the floor crying listening to the book of job it was the saddest most depressing like unlike me kind of thing but you know it was like this is i'm broken in a way over a a job that you know i i never would have realized so i think a lot of times god takes those moments where we're like i don't think i can do this any longer and that's when he's like, that's cool because I'm just about to do something amazing. And, you know, <laughs> just got to stick through that fire, like you're saying, that that really, really tough time and coming through the other side stronger. I mean, m- most newlyweds don't go through what you guys went through. Um, yeah. I think that, like, I think you, like you said, it's, you know, brought you closer together and brought you closer mm-hmm. in your dependence on the Lord and, I think that's that's really encouraging. So, um, what was the biggest surprise or unexpected blessing from this process? Uh, I would say the biggest surprise was to watch provision come through so many different people. Mm-hmm. Like we would have the most well to us, it was the most random people reach out to us and be like, "Hey, God told me this, or He told me to give you this much money, or." Just mm. crazy things like that when, I mean, honestly, we paid for rent six months in a row. Mm. And I don't I don't know how in the world that <laughs> happened. And so, well, I do know it's because of God, but it was just cool to see Christians and non, non-believers, like, coming together and supporting us. And I think the cool thing was non-believers because it's not like um, – I don't know. They they don't really have a frame of reference for that generally. Like, yeah. The Lord like prompted them obviously, but they don't know that, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so just seeing that come was just so cool and so mind blowing. Praise God. That's awesome. Yeah. So how is walking through this experience with, um, as, as a married couple changed your view of God? Well, we, so something we've been, we like to joke about is that God saves all the most challenging things for marriage so that you can do it together. Oh. Kind of <laughs> I kind of like that. That's, um, that's cool. It's been true in our lives. 
but it just has solidified like the reasons why God put us together and that, you know, our strengths and our growth areas complement each other. And um, it also, I mean, like when you go through a tough time and you come out and you like still like each other, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's a marriage win, I feel like. So, um, <laughs> you have anything you want to add? No, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And how, how do you feel like it's changed your understanding of what marriage truly is? Um, yeah, so I mean, kind of, kind of back on the, you know, coming out still liking each other when you are going through hard times. Um, and really in this one, our marriage itself was not like the cause of any hard times. It just was like a part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it, we could have been blaming each other. We could have been looking for what. I mean, I feel like Ash could have been like, what the heck? It's been five months and you don't have a job, you know, mm-hmm. like you're lazy, you're um, <laughs> a failure, you're all these sorts of things, but she never did that. No. And um, that's kind of what marriage is, is just the um, walking together and being on the same side and attacking the issue, not attacking each other. And, um, just growing as, you know, as we take every step that we're going through. Yeah. And when we first got married, we, um, decided that we wanted to just be a team, which sounds like, okay. Yeah, obviously. But a lot of people don't function. They don't, they're not on the same page as a marriage. And so that's something we really wanted to focused on and I feel like that time was what um was like okay prove yourself (laughs) like do you really are you really going to support your husband when it has been five months of I I don't even know probably like 200 applications and at least 20 interviews and eight fallen through job offers like are you really going to support your husband or are you going to like allow the enemy to twist that and be like he's lazy he's whatever which are not that's not true of him or his character um so i don't know how i don't know if our view of marriage necessarily changed but it definitely tested our view of marriage yeah i think you probably both from your experience seeing the good and the bad in marriage growing up knew that Mm -hmm. there was going to be tough times ahead but um i think I don't know, a lot of people, when they first get married, they just expect it to be, like, blissful. And, I mean, there are times where it's like, this is so great. How did we do life before this? And, I mean, I remember I used to get, like, put on call at work, and they would be like, or or they would ask if I wanted to work overtime, and I'm like, no, I want to stay home with my husband and just enjoy (laughs) each other. And, like... I was like turning down good money <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. and they were like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I just enjoy spe- spending time with him. Um, and you know, not that there's, you know, anything right. wrong one way or the yeah. other with that. You can, you yeah. can work if you need to. But um, I think that there are misconceptions about, about how married life should be. And I think that both of you sound like you've come into it with this serving one another attitude. And um, yeah. I think that when you have that mindset, you you don't think 
why isn't my husband taking care of me? Or why, you know, why can't my wife do this, that, or whatever? And this is, we have a very different mindset um, Mm -hmm. when you are looking, actively looking for ways to serve the other person. Mm -hmm. I think you guys both do that really well. Um, So for folks that may be going through a really tough season, um, what would you like to say to them? Um, First thing, God is in your boat. And I think a lot of times when we're going through a tough season, we feel like God's jumped out of our boat. Oh, he's sleeping beneath the deck. (laughs) Yes. Or he's forgotten there. He's like, oh, I'll take a break on that person. Yeah. Enough. Um, But just to know that he's present and he is fighting your battles, even if you feel like he has taken that break or that he's forgotten you. He's very present, and I think it's hard to see that when we're in the midst of struggle, but what's cool is when you get on the other side and you look back, you're like, oh my gosh, was God ever fighting my battles during Mm -hmm. that time? It was just, it's cool to see how he does work, and so just know that um, God sees you, and he knows you, and he is fighting for you. And for... I guess probably for husbands in particular, um, I mean, do do what God asks you to provide, but just remember he's the ultimate provider. Um, it, any job, any, you know, finances, anything, it's all coming from him. It's not coming from, from you. Um, mm-hmm. Just remembering that, I mean, it really should take the pressure off and just, allow you to just walk in whatever season God's asked you to walk in. Um, just knowing that he is even above, he's above what we can do. Um, and, you know, he loves to give good gifts to his children. Uh, I think that that reminder of God's always the provider, I think is good in the good times and the bad. Um, yeah, I think it's easy a lot of times when we're going through good times to feel like, well, I have this because I got my education and I worked hard and I do this and all of those things are, are good, but you know, you had all of those things and you, you were being faithful and you were realizing at the same time, I cannot provide and God Mm -hmm. is the provider. And, um, yeah, we have to remind ourselves because it's really easy to get, get cocky or maybe you don't even realize it because it just becomes a part of who you are or, you know, the way that you view the view life that this is my things. And we have to kind of hold everything with open hands that this isn't mine. This is what God, something God's entrusted me with. And that's challenging. Um, So what advice would you give to um, Christians who are trying to support their friends and family who might be in a difficult season? Um, I would just say be present and also be available to them. And some of the people that made the most impact while we were going through our hard time is they asked questions of like, what can I do for you mm-hmm. in this time? And how can I support you? We went to lunch with um, this couple and we didn't even know them. And they said, how can we help? Mm. And I was like taken back by that. Um, but just that asking questions of like, how can I be there with you? And how can I support you in this? 
is mm-hmm. so vital and uh, just kind of blowing it off like, oh, we'll pray for you. I, I know for me personally, I will say, hey, I'll pray for you. And sometimes I do, but most times I don't. <laughs> so right. it's like, yes, if you want to pray for someone, do it right then. Or just ask like, hey, let me help you. How can I? Yeah, that's really good. And for, for everyone, I mean, even you may going through, you may be going through a difficult season yourself. Um, and you may be at a point where you have like nothing to really give or pour out to anybody. Um, but you still don't make like a relationship. Don't make a friendship about yourself. Um, remember everyone has something going on. It could be a big thing. It could be a small thing, but, um, anytime you're making a relationship about yourself or like, why isn't this person doing this for me? Um, you know, you're, you're twisting, um, what God has meant to be like a, a two way line of communication. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and any encouragement that you would like to leave the people listening with, or maybe any favorite verses that you might have? Yeah. So something that I did while we were in Lubbock and I am doing now in this season as well is just focusing on what I'm grateful for because that shifts your perspective. And Mm. um, if you're focusing on what you're grateful for, it's really, really hard to feel sorry for yourself or to be upset at the situation you're in. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you focus on just what you're grateful for, it changes your whole mood and can change your whole day. So I would just encourage um, listeners to do that. It's really good. Is it okay if I read a couple of like little passages real of quick? Of course. Okay. Uh, so I was going through Exodus while I was in Lubbock. Um, and <laughs> that seems appropriate. <laughs> it, yes. It was quite coincidence, but um, man, did it mean a lot to me to read some of this stuff. So um, I just kind of want to give my encouragement on a tough season um, based on my perspective that like kind of the Lord showed me in Exodus. So um, we kind of, most people that um, have known the Lord for a little bit kind of know the general story of Exodus um, and Moses and the Israelites and um, you know, the plagues and becoming freed from Pharaoh um, becoming freed from Egypt Um, something that was really, really powerful for me was in Exodus, starting in Exodus seven, um, in verses three and four, God tells Moses and Aaron, he says, he's sending them right to go talk to the Pharaoh, to go ask to be freed. But, and then he says, but I will harden Pharaoh's heart. And though I multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, Pharaoh will not listen to you. Mm. He's sending them to ask him to ask Pharaoh something when he knows the answer is no. Yeah. So it's like, why would God even, what is the purpose of sending your followers just to receive an answer that you already know is not going to be the answer they want to hear. Right. Um, So you continue on and the plagues start happening, right? Just as God 
declared, um, I'll multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. So the second, in the second plague, the plague of frogs, uh, Pharaoh says, okay, okay, you know, remove the plague. I'll let the people go. And Moses at that time is like, sweet, that sounds awesome. I'll do that. Um, but Pharaoh kind of changes his mind and does not let the people go. Um, God's plagues continue. And the fourth plague of flies happen. And Pharaoh again is like, okay, you know, for real this time, <laughs> get rid of the plagues. I'll let, I'll let your people go. And Moses says, okay, but don't cheat again. That's basically what he says. <laughs> don't do it again. Um, and Pharaoh does it again. Right. Mm-hmm. So then you get to the seventh plague in uh, chapter nine and reading in verse 14 through 16. Um, you get kind of the purpose of why God has them doing this seemingly fruitless endeavor. Um, he says, for this time, he's speaking to Pharaoh in this. Uh, for this time, I will send all my plagues on you yourself and on your servants and your people so that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. For by now I could have put out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence and you would have been cut off from the earth. But for this purpose, I have raised you up to show you my power so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. Mm. Um, So man, just perspective on that. When God may ask you to do something that will not work out and his reasoning may just be because he wants to show how powerful he is. Mm. So that finally, when you are delivered from that, when that success does come, when that situation does end, you will have a greater understanding of God's power because only he could have, only he could have done that. Mm. And then the second reason why Moses is kind of going through this circumstance, just a little bit further down in verse 29, uh, Pharaoh again, wants to um, play his favorite trick and uh, say that he'll let the people go. So Moses says to him, as soon as I have gone out of this city, I will stretch out my hands to the Lord. The thunder will cease and there will be no more hail. So you may know that the earth is the Lord's. But as for you and your servants, I know that you do not yet fear the Lord God. So he's gotten wise to Pharaoh's tricks. This shows us, I think this really showed me in that circumstance that Moses, through all this stuff that seemed pointless, he grew in his discernment because he could tell what was true and what was false. Uh, He grew in boldness. This is the guy that was too afraid to go to Pharaoh without having someone else to speak for him. But he grew in boldness to where he could stand up to Pharaoh himself and say, I know you're lying to me. And then thirdly, um, he grew in his belief in the truth of God's word that God said he's going to harden his heart. Guess what? He's actually hardening his heart. Mm-hmm. Guess what? We will be delivered, but only after all of these uh, signs and wonders have happened. Um, and so not only to show God's power and the greatness of himself, but also to grow and to grow you as you're going through it. I guess that that helps to put a lot of things in perspective. I mean, our you know we we're told throughout the Bible that we're going to suffer, um, and we shouldn't be surprised by it. 
right? I mean, right. we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where there's all kinds of corruption. and um, But we have a God who is faithful in all of that and who is, his ways are so much higher than our ways and his thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. And like what seems ridiculous in the eyes of maybe everybody around us um, and maybe even sometimes to us in the middle of it, but God is working good through that. I, I mean, there are so many times where I've gone through difficult, difficult situations. And I mean, I look back and I'm like, okay, like when I, when I, you know, I'm not perfect by any, <laughs> any means, but like when I actually like try to look at them, like you were saying, Ashley, with like, like gratitude and like what, what good has come out of this situation that I would have never mm-hmm. had if I didn't go through this this really t- tough time. And every time I can list things that were good that came out of it. Um, and every time something has, yeah, deepened our, my intimacy with God. And that's, I mean, e- beyond like, okay, I would have never met this friend or I would have never found out that, about this job that I really love or whatever. Like those things are great and those are blessings from God. But like the nearness with God and like Moses experienced that nearness in a way that no one around him really did. You know, he got to have that, that deep, deep intimacy with God and he got, um, and God blessed him tremendously for his faithfulness when he was, you know, confused, like, okay, really? You're going to, all right. You want me to go talk to him? You already know the answer. Why am I doing that? Okay. All right. But, um, I think that's, that's really good. That's really good. Um, good perspective. Now, now that we're, we're done with all of the serious, heavy stuff and the things that are good and, um, you know, good Bible answers and everything, we can move on to something a little bit more, um, a little bit different kind of things, but what's something that you're not very good at? For me, I'm horrible at golfing. Golf. so many times and like in college <laughs> I had to learn a sport I had never learned and so I had to learn to golf like to actually apply myself okay and, learn. and <laughs> poor woman trying to teach me I never hit the golf ball like I was <laughs> <laughs> and I would miss the golf ball completely. And I think she had just given up hope that <laughs> I could ever learn. So I think it's cool and all, but I'm <laughs> terrible at it. What are your feelings about putt-putt golf? Oh, that's fun. Okay. <laughs> yeah, putt-putt's fun. But yeah. real golfing? Real I- golfing? Not so much. Okay. Oh, man. Um, I, so... I have this bad, poor combination of like being tall and then never really training myself to look down when I walk. So if I'm just looking straight ahead, uh-huh. I can't see my feet. Yeah. So I just kick stuff all the time where I like <laughs> step on things or, or whatnot. I'm going to have to like learn with a, with a baby coming, but oh, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you you need to learn to look down when you're walking. Is that is that yeah, what you're saying? You need to learn to look down when I'm walking. <laughs> I or feel like randomly just barge into something. <laughs> like, did you not see that on the uh, ground? <laughs> Have you broken a few toes along the way? I've never broken anything 
I've never broken what? a single bone in my body. You know, I think I broke my first bone at like 26. So there's still time. Okay. Don't worry. I did it. I did it on a slip and slide. So oh, no. <laughs> okay. those are Thing you're not very good at is slip and slides. I'm not. I told everybody get off of it, and someone thought they'd be funny, and they ran at me from the other direction. And now I have a plate and screws I, in my leg. <laughs> you know what? Is Brandon, my brother, and I we broke um, our sister's wrist on a slip and slide because we were doing the same thing of like, <laughs> well, okay, here's the deal: is the two of us were poor girl we're being dudes, and we're like. You go down the slip and slide, and I'll tackle you and try to stop you from getting to the end. And then Kaylee steps in there, and she's like, I want to try. And then uh, it didn't go good because we're both <laughs> very large men. <laughs> also, like, six years younger than you. Yeah. Oh, poor girl. Oh. And what is one career you wish you could have? Um, I'd love to be an Olympic soccer coach. Oh, wow. Okay. I like that. Uh, I think that, well, right now, nothing Olympic is happening this summer, which is really <laughs> disappointing. Uh, but that, that's a pretty cool one. That's awesome. Have you, have you been to, like, high-level soccer uh, games, matches? I don't know what the right word is. <laughs> Clearly, I don't um, watch a lot of soccer. No, I, I've been to, like, some little like dynamo games. I mean, that's professional, but yeah. I'm not into like any international it's games really or anything. Yeah. Oh, actually that's totally a lie. I <laughs> toured, I toured Canada. You've been humble in, over here. <laughs> in um, 2015 for the women's world cup, we like traveled and I went with athletes in action and played, um, soccer with different universities and like what? the goal was to to meet with these girls and like share Christ with them. And so anyway, we um yeah, I've been to a few World Cup games. <laughs> Forgot about those. <laughs> How do you forget about that? I don't know. <laughs> it's it's the pregnancy brain, right? Something I'm telling you. <laughs> and Ryan? Um, yeah. So I've Kind of to, I would love to work in the uh, Houston Rockets front office. Mm. Um, and I would also love to be a uh, NBA global ambassador, um, just traveling around, spreading the, the game. And um, sports is such a great opportunity to share Christ, man. So um, yeah. I, I would love to be able to do that. Uh, I plan to show up and tell them it's my orientation. So <laughs> I don't know how that goes over with uh, the yeah, NBA. We'll but hey, if that works, you should tell Phil because <laughs> he would be all about that as well. Yeah, it's my orientation too. <laughs> yeah, Phil's like, oh, I forgot. I'm here with him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so any any books, podcasts, or TV shows you want to recommend for us? Yeah, a book I'm reading is called Think, Learn, Succeed by Dr. Caroline Leaf, and it is such a cool book. Um, like I was talking about having just a mindset of gratitude, she goes through and talks about how, like a lot of times we say our brain is like pre-wired, and it, we're pre-wired to respond to certain things, but it's actually not true. It's our choice, and 
Um, so it just goes through this whole, I could talk about this book for a long time, but it just goes through this whole process of um, just reframing your mind and retraining your mind. And it's been really cool. So mm-hmm. go read it. That's cool. I'm on kind of the other end of things. I've So I've been really missing watching and playing basketball. Like right. the season, the NBA season just stopped in the middle of things. So I've just been listening to basketball podcasts and not really anything else that I've been listening to. So, <laughs> what do they um, What do they talk about when the season's not going on? Is it like old yeah, stuff? I was well, so I was listening to one that the House of Highlights put on, and they were going through and ranking like the top ten players at each each position um, from this past season. And then there's another one um, that Bill Simmons does, and he was redrafting a couple years of the NBA draft. Like if we knew what we know now, how would things have played out differently? So just kind of different fantasy scenarios, I guess. Okay. Um, just keeping my keeping my brain active. Um, <laughs> there's a, a YouTube channel as well. Um, I'm blanking on the name of it right now, but he's a, he's a professional statistician. So he's just talking about like, why are, why is off ball movement important and all Mm. this stuff that is interesting to me, but I I won't go into right now. Yeah. (laughs) Bill and I have been watching, I guess it's on Netflix. Is it the last dance? Is that the right, the right thing? Yeah. 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 I don't have access to it yet, but we, we will one day. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, as much as I, I mean, I like sports okay. And I I think it's a really well done um, documentary series or whatever. And I have enjoyed it. Phil is like you. He can listen to like podcasts about basketball or yeah. radio, like talk radio. And I'm like, this is, I can't do this. <laughs> but thinking I can. basketball. That's so tell him to go listen to thinking basketball. Yeah. Well, I mean, more power to you guys. Like, obviously, there's an audience for that. <laughs> it's just not me. <laughs> uh, well, guys, thanks so much for talking today. I really, really appreciate you just being vulnerable and sharing about all the hard stuff you've been through, but seeing God's faithfulness. Um, I hope you guys stay safe and healthy during this uh, Corona season or whatever it is that we're in and, mm-hmm. and welcoming your third member of your family yes. in the very few weeks. So thanks so much for coming out though. Yeah, thanks for the platform. Yes. Appreciate it. Yeah. The way God triumphed through Ryan and Ashley's struggles in their marriage is so encouraging. Thanks for listening. I hope it was a blessing to you. Please do me a favor and head over to wherever you're listening and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, take a few moments to write me an honest rating and review. Reviews are so important to helping people find the podcast so that it can be a blessing to them. Also, check out my husband, Phil Baker's podcast, Reclaiming the Faith, which you can find on Apple Podcasts or at reclaimingthefaith.podbean.com. He has some really awesome interviews coming up that you do not want to miss, and his presentation of the beliefs of the early Christians is so applicable to our lives. You can find me at faithfulpodcast.podbean.com 
or on Apple Podcasts at Faithful Podcast or on Instagram at Faithful Podcast. Thanks so much for listening and remember to stay faithful, friends.